AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. We on the motherfucking Boulet Care Park. We on the motherfucking Boulet Care Park. We on the motherfucking Boulet Care Park. We on the mother. We on the mother. We on the motherfucking Boulet Care Podcast. Ah, uh, yes, we are. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of the Boulet Care Podcast. Appreciate everybody for supporting and listening. Much love to you. Uh, we got a dope episode, man. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Big U, someone who is a notorious figure in hip hop, um, LA legend, somebody who found Nipsey Hustle, somebody who is uh, legendary in the streets of LA, and someone who is a part of a new show on FX. It's called Hip Hop Uncovered. Really dope, actually. The second week just aired on Friday of last week. Um, the final two episodes air this coming Friday. And it is a, a really dope uh, behind-the-scenes look at, at some of the more important under underrated figures in hip-hop that we might not necessarily know about. And Big U is one of them. Um, so go check that out. If you're on Hulu, you could go watch that on the Hulu app, catch up, and then this Friday... The final two episodes will air Hip Hop Uncovered on FX So we had to sit down with Big U Talk about a whole lot Yo, I love you This guy He's a talker This guy He just He was just giving us all kinds of Just just He was just going And he's got his own podcast coming soon too Which makes sense uh, So shout out to Big U That's coming up um, Listen uh, Make sure you go check out our uh, official sponsors At Odd Socks Go to oddsocksofficial.com Keyword bootleg Kev. That's oddsocksofficial.com. Keyword bootleg Kev and save 20% off on some of your favorite socks, masks, slippers. They got boxers now. They got goddamn whatever you need, all right? The most comfortable socks in the world, though. And, um, you know, some of the craziest licenses. They got the Nickelodeons. 
Uh, like if you're into um, Scarface, they got The Godfather. They got Breaking Bad. They got fucking Swedish fish socks, Pepsi socks, Oreo socks, Top Ramen socks, and my favorite, WWE. So go to oddsocksofficial.com. Buy somebody you know something. You know, maybe Valentine's Day is a little late. Maybe you, you struck out. You want to get that like week long, two week late Valentine's Day gift? Go to oddsocks. Oddsocksofficial.com, keyword bootleg cab. What do you think Nico Blitz got his girlfriend? A bunch of free socks he, he stole from the studio. And that, and that's and he, and he got laid off of Odd Socks. Nico Blitz got pussy because of Odd Socks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Shout out to Odd Socks. Keyword bootleg cap 20% off oddsocksofficial.com. Also, shout out to Vaping. Vaping CBD. Yo, if you need some CBD, man, get some of them drops. You know what I mean? Maybe some, uh, some lotions. Maybe you got some achy joints. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe you were you know, on your knees all week fucking blowing your man for Valentine's Day and your knees are sore. And you're like, I need something for these knees. Mind you, you could be a girl or a guy, you know, if you suck, sucking cock, whatever, <laughs> whatever you're into, right? Whatever floats your boat, you know, maybe you're sore. Maybe you're sore because you was getting stretched out on the goddamn Valentine's Day. You need some fucking CBD. It's an anti-inflammatory and there's no better CBD than vaping CBD. So go to vapingcbd.com and use the keyword bootleg cap. Save 20% off. Some anti-inflammatory, some CBD, some gummies, some drops, some lotions, etc. Episode number 40-something featuring Big U. Let's get to it. Bule Cat Podcast with the legend Big U is here. What's man, up, man? Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for coming. I feel like it's long, long, uh, long overdue, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't really did no lot of interviews until up until right now. Yeah, you got um, you know. This I, I watched yesterday. I went to uh to uh, Mel's Diner in um, Sherman Oaks and and watched the first. Was it the first full episode or was that two episodes? No, that was only one. It goes so fast that right. It was only I said only episode one. So this FX show, it's it's hip hop uncovered, right? Hip hop uncovered, yes, sir. Hip hop uncovered. It follows um you and four others mm-hmm. um as kind of behind the scenes factors in hip hop. Now, for people who um aren't familiar with Big U. I think that if people were to just Google Big U, they are like, okay, Big U is a big, a, a gangster from LA. Yeah, I don't, I don't want I don't want to put nothing on you that, you know what I'm yeah, saying? On, on camera. But, um, you know, explain to, to the people who aren't familiar with, with who you are, what you do kind of like, why is there an FX show that is centered around you? Um, man, we pitched this show. Jimmy, Jimmy Chris came to me uh, four years ago with an idea for a show. And that's at the time that everybody was starting doing shows. And um, um, BET had hit. The, um, what was that? Love and Hip Hop had hit yeah, real yeah. big. So everybody was trying to get shows. And I had already done, like, several documentaries. What people don't know about me is how much work I have done in film and projects. And I had I, I wrote and co-acted and acted in... Um, Force of Execution with Veen Reigns, um, Danny Trejo, and uh, Steven Seagal. I, I co-wrote that with, with a guy. I got banged out of that, didn't get my credits. But I did Jam Master J, turn, two turntables and microphone documentary. Okay, yep. I produced several different films. I managed Veen Reigns for like seven, seven eight years uh, from Baby Boy. So it's just a lot of people never knew the work that I'd done. 
And so when I present projects, it's crazy because uh, filmmakers are excited to see Big U. Mm. Rap music is scared to see. They're like, oh, is he going to rob us? Is, 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 he, is he out to get something? And, it, and it's crazy because I'm, I'm more comfortable in the, in, the, in the area of making TV shows and projects because I can go in a room with filmmakers and, and people who produce in that area, and they see me as a story. They see me as like, They Damn. see like, yo, you, you can have a miniseries. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and their thing is that. But if I go in with mute people who do music, it's the, oh, he's the blue shirt. Intim- intimidation. Or he's the thug, or he coming to rob us, and mm. they don't understand that. I make most of my money producing shows, and that's even doing concerts. And so that's what helped me get this done, because people seeing a vision. Yeah, I think uh, it was like overdue. I remember, I think, mm-hmm. I want to say me and Head were talking about it maybe like a year or two ago, just like, when is the big you, like, Netflix show coming? Not even like a documentary, like someone plays you, you know what I'm right. saying? And, like, just follows you through your life and shit. Like, But you mentioned, people like, on the rap side of things, like, you definitely have a, a stigma, like you said, when it comes mm-hmm. to the hip-hop world, people... They might be intimidated or they might be like, oh, shit, if Big U's around, like, what's right. going on type shit. Yeah. Um, w- w- talk about your, I mean, obviously for people who don't know, man, I mean, we'll get it, we'll get into all of that. But, you know, you you found Nipsey, uh, what was that, 04, 03? Oh, oh, no, I came home. No, in you 04. came home in 04, so it was like 05? Like 06, oh, no, 07. Was and Nipsey already working with Steve? No, okay. I brought Steve on. Okay, okay. I brought Steve on. I, so I come home in 04. And in 04, um, I met Steve because Steve at the time was dating my wife's niece. Okay. So that's how I know Steve. I, I don't know Steve from music. I know Steve, I, but I met him in a music setting at a concert, and I didn't have no artists at the time. So uh, I met Steve. He was kind of having some kind of conflict with Suge over saying the N-word. And I came home in 2004. So when I met Steve, he was kind of standoffish, like, ooh, we're like, what's up? I'm like, what's up, man? I'm big you. He was like, all right. Uh, it was like ready to go. And I'm like, what's up with that? I had no clue about, you know, the <laughs> N-word. See, because I wasn't breast to the growing uh, uh, social media and all that shit yet. Right. And um, so that's how me and Steve met. And then he called me or reached back out to me after he realized that I was saying that my wife, he know he's he's dating my wife's niece, and they had been together for like three, four years. Mm. And then he was like, "Oh, wait a minute, oh man." He was like, "Man, yeah, fuck music, man. You don't want to give a shit, do something else." And I'm like, "Yeah, all right." But then I was messing with Suge, so I, I had my run with Suge for a while, and managing Corrupt. And then when Corrupt left, Suge that was early, early on. That was early. That was, early, that was like in the early '90s. Early '90s. Well, you got locked up in '91, right? You know, I got locked up in '91, and then come back to 2004. So when did you start working with Corrupt? That was I started working with Corrupt in 90, like 89, 1989, like 89-90 I met Corrupt. So that was technically, was that technically before Death Row, right? Oh, it was definitely yeah. before Death Row. Yeah. That's why I said the Death Row thing wouldn't happen, and that and amongst other things. And then I had Laquan. So actually, my first artist wasn't Corrupt nor Nipsey. My first artist I ever dealt with singularly was Laquan. Pop LQ, he had a, he had a, uh, a gold-selling album at the time, the B-Term. Okay, okay. And he came to me in the Fox Hill Mall and asked me to manage him. And he was about 15 or 16. He had a flat top. 
and he walks up to me and we're in the You talking about corrupt? No, no, no. Oh, no, Laquan. El Laquan, okay. Papa Q, Kenny Kingpin. Yeah. He was the first one I ever dealt with. So he came up to you at the mall? He came up to me in the mall. was like, man, I want you to manage me. And I'm like, no, he's, no, first thing he said to me was crazy. He said, hey, you work for my father, right? You big you? I'm like, I don't work for your father. I never work for your father. Who's your father? Then he said, Mr. Green. And I'm like, oh, reverse that. I have done work for your father. I have a great deal of respect for your father. But his father was in the feds or on his way to the feds. We knew he had got popped. Mm -hmm. I was his I was his father's young boy. I was okay. one of his fathers, you know, like he called me like right. you handle some shit for yeah. him. Yeah. And then now I'm seeing his son. And he he got this flat top, he face clean, and I'm like, you got a song. I ain't never heard the song. And then when he, right when he, you know, when somebody tell you about something, now you start hearing it everywhere. And so I, then I, he called me back, came to my house. He like, man, I'm going to show you how to do it. And I'm like, well, you got to show me what the fuck to do because I have no clue on how to manage nothing. Right, do right, none right. of that. So then he would start going, to, he started taking me to his little um, his shows, going to his video shoots. I was going in. And then after a couple of months, now I'm still going in and out of town hustling. And his shit got even bigger. So I would see him when he came back to town, but then now I'm going, I'm going to the to the soda, getting my bread, coming back, and so I was still messing with him. Then after about, no, something happened and my crew got hit, so I was kind of sitting at home. Lamont Broomfield came to me and was like, "I got a kid named Corrupt. I want you to meet him." And so I had the bread at the time, and his brother had bread too. But he was like, "Man, come on, bro, help me." That's when I met Corrupt, and I started moving with Corrupt. And um, it was kind of fast, man. So it was like, it was like a labor of love, but and how me and corrupt relationship built because to me it was like I didn't know we even had a relationship mm. because I really hadn't done nothing for him. I wasn't planning on signing him to my label to deliver the table. We actually never got to the paperwork to even get it done, but it was like he was signed. And so I seen corrupt one night going to go do a lick with the homies, you know, going to go. I put him out the car. I call Lamont. He tells the story all the time. And that established us, right? And then we would be in the garage clowning, with VH clowning, rapping. We right. all playing. And it was crazy because I got a letter. I was on I was on my, my sixth year in prison. And I got a letter, and it had $3,000 on it. So when we get your mail, they'll send you, like, sometimes they even send you the pictures first, or they'll send you a card that you got money. And they sent me the letter, let me know I have money so I can go fill out my draw. Mm. So I got $3,000. Ain't nobody never sent me $3,000. And then we was on lockdown. So I think uh, four or five days later, pictures came. And it was no letter. It was just one thing in there. And it was like, I love you. And corrupt. No letter, no nothing. That was it. And it was just a gang of pictures. And I'm like, damn. So he sent you the three bands. He sent me three bands. Some pictures. So this was like 94, 95? No, this would have been 96, 97. It was so this like, was like... I was already in, like, because I wasn't at Calipat no more. I was at... What number was I? It was like, yeah, 96, 97. Krupp's already, a, you know, a, a, a established. Yeah, because it was before Wicked Freaky came out. Yeah, that was after he left and did the the Antra thing and the corruption. Right. Album. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So it was then he was still with Death but Row. But by that by that time, uh, Dog Food was already out. Dog Pound. It was, yeah, do, yeah. It was before Dog Food. Okay. Came okay. Out okay. Because he had got some money. It was before. So when was that? I think that was ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. So that's when he sent. The, that's when he hit me. That's know? crazy. And then he, then I, we came off lockdown, and I called my wife. My wife like, did you get the letter from Ricky? And I'm like, yeah, you got the money. I'm like, yeah, I went to the store and everything. 
And I'm like, where he at? Then I called him. And then shortly after that, he bought me a cell phone. Like he, I had the, like the first cell phone in prison. Technically, that was contraband, right? Uh, well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's a record label now, by the way. <laughs> what, what, contraband? No, I'm just fucking no. Um, no, so, uh, so you, when you got out of jail, you said you were rocking with Suge. Yeah. And so explain to me that, because, um, you know, Suge is a very... Uh, a blooded. Yeah, he's a, he, well, no, no, he's just a, um, you know, people, people either have amazing things to say about him. What do you got? You're very polarizing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So when you got, got out... Both. How, well, how, well, when my little brother got killed, first my little brother got killed okay. at the studio with, with Corrupt Now. Corrupt, Kitty Rock, and all them. So that kind of like, Suge was in jail. No, Suge wasn't in jail yet. Not that he was. That kind of like pondered us together, like when my little brother got killed with Suge, because Krupp wanted to go back to death row. He asked me, can he go back? And should he go back? And I'm like, yeah, you get your money. Like, shit, you can't worry about everybody else, bro. Mm-hmm. You can go back. So that that's when he went back to death row after he left Antrim. And that kind of pissed Snoop and Daz no more. I remember there was that there was that double XL cover with Corrupt and Left Eye was on it and Shug. Really? Yeah, it was yeah. like it was like when Corrupt like went back. What year was that? Shit, I, it was probably probably around the time we're talking because it was a, uh, it was like it was like the new. It, I think it was when Crooked Eye was rolling with mm-hmm. Death Row and shit. Yeah, see, because I was in, I had kind of was in transition at that time. Then I went to the hole. I did three years and nine months, almost four years in the shoot. So I didn't have nothing. I didn't see no from, I think I got on, two, I got on two, January 2004. So we go back four years from there is when my life stops. What did you, um, if you don't mind sharing, what what, what, what did you end up in the hole for? Um, I knocked somebody's eye out. It was a conflict and and we had altercation and his, and his eye came out. I, so. All my cousins are in prison and I've, I've, I've been thoroughly educated on how mentally exhausting being in the hole can be. Can you kind of oh, yeah. like give us some of that? Cause like I know, cause for people just, who don't know, it's, it's 23 hours a day lockdown. 20, no, it's 24 hours a day. Cause the way Corcoran shoe did it was you couldn't, it was so many people in the shoe that you couldn't get your, you couldn't get your one day out the shoe. Cause it was too many bodies. Mm. So they would make you wait and like you start the sales and then you would get eight hours out the sale one day a week. And that would count for your so-called one hour out to sell a day. Wow! So, and then we would be we would be in these um we was we would be in these uh, dog kettles. So they had lined up a bunch of dog kettles up and down in a row, and they put the little toilets in there. So you go in there, they put all their mates in there, just in your drawers, your shoes. You can't take nothing else out, and you sit out there for eight hours, and they come get you, take you back, bring out another group for eight hours. So it's I guess they started that shit like four in the morning. Whatever, you go be out there from four in the morning to whatever time for eight hours. So that's how it was. Was that? It's crazy because we always hear about like, you know, you're supposed to rehabilitate in prison. That's what they say. No, right? in California, California dropped that philosophy um, when I was incarcerated. Still, like they removed rehabilitation off all California state prisons. It's just straight punishment. It's just no. Yeah, it's just incarceration. They Damn. they used to when I came in two when I came in two thousand I came in nineteen ninety ninety one they said some of the prisoners said rehabilitation centers, but they removed that when they removed education like they don't offer education no more like you can't get your GED in jail anymore no you can get the GED that's the only thing you can get they used to offer higher education you can go to college and get your college course you can't do none of that now only thing they offer is things that's conducive to making money for the prison so the most the thing that makes the most money for california prison is optical 
and you can only get that in San Diego and one other place. So you may, if you get there, you can make enough money to send home. That's crazy. Well, let's get back to so Suge Knight. You got out in 04. Mm-hmm. How did you and Suge end up? Because connecting? corrupt was at death row. Okay, so just by so yeah, by naturally you're out. Corrupt's looking out for you because you know you looked yeah. out for him. Mm-hmm. However many years ago. Yeah, and then uh, corrupt is there. I come home. Of course, I got him to go home. No mess with corrupt. And then me and Suge had already been talking since my little brother had passed before that. And so naturally, when I come home, I mess with him. And I, I didn't want to be, because it was such a, it was such a talk when you know Big U's coming on, the Big Crip is coming on, and all this. So, I, I, I wasn't on that. That's not where, where I've been. You know, like I didn't want to come home and say I'm, in, I'm, on, I'm gonna enhance the Crip card. Mm. And now I didn't want to come home and do that. I want to come home and be a Muslim and be a man and be somebody who could be conducive to us as a people to move forward and to move this genre. And so I felt me dealing with Suge would be stronger in making a, making us Some unified uni- uni- unity than going against. Cause I already had a relationship. My homeboys was with my homeboys were, were with um my homeboys were already with Snoop I me mean, Big D was Big D and them was already with uh Snoop. So I just needed to go and establish a, a relationship for all of us to be together. And so when I did that, yeah this that's Dwan. He was called a motherfucker. And so when I did that, I wanted my sons to see that you don't have no enemies that's bloods. Mm. You know what I mean? And it was important for me to bring bloods and everybody around my sons and around my community so they can see we can be unified. And that was the key to what, what I've always been doing. I've always pushed that before, you know, moving, you know what I mean? So Suge was important to me. Being able to move as a man and being able to show the people that I'm not on no crippling blood shit. Right. And and what you said, like when you got out, you were trying to be on some like community shit. Mm-hmm. And I think you've done a good job of that, man. It's crazy because I feel like you were probably in jail for probably at least the beginning or peak of when the gangbanging culture became like commercial as far as like. I was in a shooting. Do you like? Do you remember there was like a Bloods and Crips album? I don't even, yeah. even remember that. Yeah, like, I remember like it, that it was, was. It was like a real thing where it was like yeah. it was really like used to like propel record sales, mm-hmm. and and it became second nature. So like you're in jail, and you're like, are you like paying attention to how the shit yeah. is blowing up? Mm-hmm. I did. Um, I, I I was watching because I was watching the culture grow. Yeah, and um. It's funny because before the East Coast West Coast beef, you know, yeah. it, was, it was it was it was the Crips and Bloods trying to the Crips and Blood album Battle Cat and all them, and then at the time, there uh, my little brother, because you used to have to get your music sent in from the streets mm-hmm. back then, and my little brother sent me Biggie Smalls and Wu Tang Clan. Oh wow! And then he sent me all the other stuff that I wanted. So I was like. Who the hell is Biggie? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And I always was tripping off the album cover because my little brother got a picture like that. You got with the baby here. Yeah, yeah. The baby, dark skin and yeah. all. I'm like, man, he got the same. But so I, I, I had the, I had the CD. I never listened to the CD. I never listened to Biggie, and I never listened to um, Wu Tang. And then we went on lockdown. So my homeboy, who knew about them, who had just came to jail, he had the CDs. He was finna get rolled up. He was transferring. So he gave me the CDs back. We on lockdown. 
and I slapped in Wu-Tang Clan. And that shit went crazy. And so it was like, Wu-Tang Clan ain't, ain't nothing, nothing to fuck yeah. with. And I was like, damn, I slipped on these dudes in the cream. But we was on lockdown, so yeah. it wasn't no movement. Then I'm like, man, I slapped in Biggie. And I'm like, this shit hard as fuck. Yeah. And that was like my introduction to, the, to, to, to East, Biggie. I was, yeah. at Calip- I was at Calipatch State Prison. And I was like, damn, the East Coast is back on. Because the West had had it. Had it. For so long. Since like the chronic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And let me tell you, man, it's crazy because people always ask me how long I've been in music. I was fucking with music. I remember I pushed the Ghetto Boys in L.A. Okay. Before anybody else. Read these Nikes. I was in Minnesota selling dope. And one of my homeboys, one of my homeboys from Minnesota, it gave me the tape. No, I was listening to his tape. And then I was, we was in the car, and I was tripping off. And they was talking about read these Nikes, because that's all I used to wear was Nikes back then. Mm-hmm. You remember what number? Nike it was like Nike, Adidas, and Converse. Converse. Yeah. And they was talking about read these Nikes. And I got hooked on Ghetto Boys. I went home, and I dubbed. I went there back and dubbed the tapes. That's when we used to dub the yeah, tape. Yeah, yeah. I came back to L.A., and I told all the homies, man, the ghetto boys, these niggas is hard. They blew up from there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because our music, if you remember, if you remember back then, we was like gangbanging to R&B music. Yeah, it was like. To pop music, to yeah. Prince. Yeah, and even think like even like L.A. rap back then, like even like if you think before N.W.A. It was like Ice-T. Yeah. It was. Six you, in the morning. It, yeah, it was, you know, like you Colors. said. Colors. Yeah, colors was crazy. Yeah, yeah nah. It, it, so I wanted to ask you, okay, so the perception, I think from the outside looking in, is like it would be a good idea if you come to L.A. to maybe tap in with Big U or to maybe check in with Big U. Is that something that is maybe a bit amplified? Yeah. Because I, I feel, I, I know that that's not the case. Yeah. But I feel like that there is like, you know, or at least some sort of. It's hella amplified, but I feel like certain people would be good too. You know what I mean? Like, especially if you're from certain genres. I think I think with when you're from certain genres, you want to check in with that genre. Because well, I get the question all the time, and like, well, the influence, well, unfortunately, LA is 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 influenced by gangs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if it's certain people, you need to check in with YG. Mm-hmm. Wack 100, Wacko. If it's certain people, you need to check in with Big U. You need to check in with Tone. You need to check in with Magic. You need to check in with uh, the twins from Matrix Gangster. You need to check in with certain people who going to help you know how to move in different ways. Who going to let you know, like, you know, like, these dudes, what you claiming and what you affiliated with, they not our enemies at this time, but they could be our enemies mm. in a day's notice. And we don't even know it, but we know how to move around. You know what I mean? So it's important for me to have a relationship with dudes from every set, from A-Trays, Bloods, Gangsters, Hoovers, all of that, because we want to show respect. And I, and I feel like people from all the sets give me respect because they see my history. They see my work ethic. They see that I've never, if my homeboys is wrong, I'm going to say my homeboy wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to side with my homeboy right or wrong, period, point blank. I didn't do it. I don't do it with my kids. I teach my kids to do right and wrong. All right. You know, but I'm I'm, I'm going to support truth. And in prison and in 13 years, the dudes I did time with can come home and vouch for that. Mm. You know, I'm like, no, nah, whatever he said, was he, he kept his word. 
So that's what I think gets me strength in L.A. And the whole time I was with Suge, he never had one conflict because I just didn't allow it. You know what I mean? Not that I could control him, but, you know, sometimes you got to know how to appeal to a beast. Right, you right, know right. what I mean? Like, bro, this we don't need this. I would always say, like, you know, me and Hedrick have talked about this. Like, if, if, if you're somebody who's coming to L.A., and you come from that background from wherever you're from, it's probably a good idea. Now, maybe if you're like, oh, a, yeah. maybe if you're like, you know, Post Malone or an R&B singer or somebody, you know what no, I'm saying? No, you're going to get checked too. Post Malone going to get checked too. All right. I've been in there with Post Malone. I've been in, I've been in rooms with Post Malone. That was just an example, by the way. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know okay. that he got checked. But I mean, oh, go yeah. tell the story. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't by me. I was just in the room when some dudes wanted to get on Post Malone. And what's the They was recording. And I happened to know. Notice, know the people. We was coming in. Me and Steve was doing something, and we was leaving out. It was my first time ever meeting him. Mm. And sometimes people don't know you could get. I could squash shit and don't even know and don't even say nothing because it just was the timing. Like, ooh, right. you know what I mean? Because that's just the mentality of, of of people, man. Like, it's never gonna change because it's gonna always be the haves and it's gonna always be the have nots, and it ain't even gang related. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because yeah, you sure. got gang members doing something to their own gangs in the name of money. So it's not always, and it's all, and I, they asked me the question about um, um, hip hop and the gangs in hip hop. Well, there's always been gangs in music. We just don't, we just see it now because our music is the, the number one genre. Well, you think back in the day, like Frank Sinatra had like mafia Hello, ties. I was going to say that. Yeah. Like, yeah. We didn't sure. have mafia ties. He had mafia orders. Right. For like, sure. dog, this is what it is. Because, Anybody who's trying to make money, the easiest way to get in it is in this music. Like, if you got money, you want to put it somewhere. Like, we don't have no other outlets. That's what this documentary talks about. Hip Hop Uncovered talks about when we were hustling and then we eventually took that money to get into something and try to do something positive. You know, you might have a cousin, an auntie, I'm a cousin, an uncle, a friend who wants to do music. Okay, what? We need studio time? I got you. Mm -hmm. You know, and then... It starts going past that. You start seeing the little J's. You start seeing the Harry O's. You start seeing the dudes making, making it, and that's what hip hop untold is. It talks about us and our struggles in music. You don't hear about us. It's not. It's not geared towards the artists. It's geared towards the people behind the artists. Like when I met you. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, if I had a new artist right now, like with OSBS, my group OSBS Criticali. I introduced them and told them, I called you to do an interview with them yeah. when I heard you was coming here. That's Hip Hop Uncovered. That's when they call, That's why they call us the power brokers. Because we already had a relationship. When you first met Nipsey, Nipsey met you through Steve. Oh, nine. And, and, and me. Yep. He didn't have that relationship with you. Right. He couldn't have called you. And, and what people don't understand is you need those power brokers to help introduce you to people. And then... Those power brokers have to have a trust in a relationship that comes from somebody else. When I met Felly Phil, I don't know if we can talk about him. Nah, it's, it's all good. Nah, nah, yeah, when yeah, I met Felly Phil, yeah. I met Felly Phil, and him and Suge was having an altercation at at um, um, Mel's Diner. Mm-hmm. And I seen everybody going crazy, and Suge was coming, and Felly Phil was sitting in the restaurant. Yeah. And so me just not wanting to know bullshit, I go in, I'm like, I'm asking Phil, like, I don't know. I don't even know who he is right. at all. I didn't have no clue who he was. And I'm like, bro, what's up with you, man? I'm like, he like nothing. He like, like you was sugar. I'm like, I am. 
And then he like, man, what's happening? I'm like, I ain't nothing happening. I'm trying to ask you what's happening. Like, Denny, I said, so who are you? He tell me I'm fairly Phil. And I'm like, so what's your problem with Suge? Oh, he mad at me because DJ Quick dissed him on my show. I said, you got a radio show? He's like, yeah. So I'm like, I don't make no sense. So I go outside and I talk to Suge. I said, bro, why you on dude here? And then he tell me, man, who you on? I'm saying, man. Right. Like, like, it's not Philly's fault. Yeah. It ain't Philly's fault. I yeah. tell Phil, man, gonna just leave. Phil, like, I'm not leaving. I gotta talk to this dude, man. Yeah, like, I, I don't, like, I don't wanna walk outside like, and see what happens. No, no, he wasn't saying that. He, he was saying he didn't wanna leave without talking to Shug right. because he was like, man, I ain't did nothing to him. Now, I was like, I was honorable to me. Like, gotta, resol- like, gotta resolve it. Yeah. Like, Shit, man, I ain't leaving. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna talk to the dude. And I said, be sure, man. But he kept it 100. So now I'm moving right along. We signed Nipsey. I get it fairly fail. And I'm like, bro, I got a new artist. Can you play the song? And that's how you, that, those are relationships. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He played Bullets Ain't Got No Name. He played another couple of songs for me. Then he played How We Roll. He played this. And then, so it's me taking my relationships and connections with, 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 with um, my years in this industry and putting it on another artist right, right, right. to become what he becomes. And you got artists that come up 16, 17, 18 years old. They don't know who to talk to. They don't know who to be friends with. They don't know none of this stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I had little homies who didn't even want to do songs with Bloods. And I'm like, nah, bro, you got to do the song. That's crazy. And yeah. Now you, I mean, you think back just like certain artists that like, you're like, man, they didn't like, they didn't work together. Mm-hmm. And it was just because of some politics shit. Politics. Not even necessarily politics. that they had any personal issues. It was just, there was some politics involved. And but and, and so this documentary, even when you go into Deb, you see that Deb dealt with French Montana, Nicki Minaj, Gucci, Gucci Man. Yeah. But what did she have to do to get them to these levels? To get them what did to she have to go bitter? through to be able to, to watch them through those doors? Who she was, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she had a history that, that affirmed who she was to other people. I have a history from the streets that affirmed who I was. And people want to say it's about bullying when it really isn't. It didn't have shit to do with bullying. It had shit to be people meeting me and then them saying, oh, he ain't the bully people think he is. He ain't the bully people make him out. I've come to different people with songs, and they told me that don't, that ain't going to work. I'm out the door. Let me go find another one. Mm. I've asked you all to do stuff. Yeah. And if it don't work, it don't work. I'm never beating the door down. I've never beat y'all door down. No, no I'll never, do this. never, never. But, but if you hear it, my, that's my reputation. Like he's the bully, he's this, he's that, and I and I'm like fuck it, I can't beat it, so I'm gonna join it. Like I guess you, I am the bully. You talked about uh, signing Nipsey. I mean, obviously, aside from being from the same area, how did you guys like? How did that end up? You know, happening. You um, and I, and you told the story a lot before, so just kind of give us a quick, you know. Yeah, uh, my 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 nephew TD. I was looking for artists. TD told me to go get Nip. I went seek Nipped out. Out of all the people we had already, I already been interviewing and talking to, and he was the sign of light. He was the diamond in a pile of whatever. I right, mean, right, right. He was right. a diamond. Let me respect to my other homies. He was a, a diamond in a pile of other diamonds, but he just, he just, he, he was a bigger diamond. He was the sign. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. He was, and 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 then um, he was the VVS. He was the VVS. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying, and. We had made a couple of moves and was trying to move through a couple of doors, and I vastly found out that I couldn't go through these doors. So I when I went and got Steve Lobel, and um, I went and got Steve, let Steve hear the music, 
Steve felt the same way I felt about the music. And I was like, boom. So I signed Nipsey to Unique Music, to my um to um to Airy Mr. Astrodome, to my to my label, to yeah. Unique Music. And then Steve was 10% management and I was 10% management because it didn't make no sense for us to go get another, another manager. Right, right. And so we started pushing on that. So I signed him to it. It was signed to a 10-year production contract, which started in 2009, which would end 2019. Crazy. Hello. But uh, I ain't tripping off of that because, you know, it is what it is. But I do have that. You know what I mean? So, Wait, so so your your deal with Nipsey was 10 years? It was 10 years. It was a 10? It was 10 years, 25% publishing to Aramis Astrodome. Oh, wow. So, 09 to 2019. 09 to 2019. So, technically, Victory Lab. Hello. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Help me, okay, because when I first met Nip was, I met him in 09, actually. You this was him? when he was on the LAX tour. We were on the LAX tour. With the uh, game, and I think J-Rock. Because sent you a song on him before. Well, I, I became, you know who put me on the Nip uh, is, is Charlemagne, man. Uh-huh. Charlemagne, when when his, was he was doing radio in Philly, and he was tweeting about Bullets Ain't Got No Name, Volume 1, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. I remember DMing Charlemagne at the time, and that's who originally kind of like, I saw his shit. And I was seeing his shit on the blogs, like the Now Rights and Two Dope Boys of the World. No, that was late. You already met him before that. I met him in 09. Yeah, you had already met him before that because, see, we didn't officially finish the deal assigning him to... But so, he had some shit out there, like on no, online. He nothing. didn't. He didn't have nothing. Nothing. Well, the shit. I'm he didn't tripping. even know how to. He didn't even know how to upload the music yet. You got to remember because well, if I met him, in, if mm-hmm. I met him in 09, so no, that was the LAX. He had tour. nothing out there. Nothing. He had nothing. So he was on tour with nothing out. No, when he. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. Before we did the gang tour. Yeah. We had already been messing with Nip. Oh seven oh. Right, right, right. But I didn't meet him until they, that tour. Yeah, because even before the gang tour. He had the song with um with the Tupac song. Okay. Yeah, on on what is it, Pac's Life? Yeah, Pac's Life. I got Felly to put that on the radio. That song started picking up all around the country, and, and Pac's mother had it pulled because that wasn't the single they wanted to go right, with. Right, they right. had Nipsey, um, they had Nipsey, Pac, and um Light Skinny with the Braves from the East Side. Oh my name gonna go. Nocturnal? No, 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 no. I don't know. Chia Beer, man. I got to call him Chia Beer. <laughs> but anyway, he got to know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that song went viral. And But be, even before we that. Just, we could just look it up, actually, because I feel yeah, like. It was, it, uh, uh, it was Nipsey, Tupac, and um, can't think of his name. He's central. He, he always got central, like Crenshaw on his, um, on his chest. Can't think of his name. But anyway. That song was out. And then even before that, before we even did the tour. Was it called Seven International? What was the name of the song? It was Young, Young Dre the Truth? Young Dre the Truth. Okay. Now look at when that came out. This was, well, this is on YouTube, so hold on. Let me look it up. Yeah, but you got to remember before that we did, I did him with the song with um with um, Snoop. 06. 06. Yeah. Yeah, and that wasn't even the first song. We did Snoop's. I did him with Snoop and um, Nip and Snoop, uh, Gangsta's Life. Yeah, see, I, I didn't really start. I think the first project that I really tapped in was Bullets Ain't Got No Name, the first one. Right. And then, like, I really became a fan. The second one, I think he had the, um, 
the roll the windows up shit was so hard. But that was later. That was like 2010, I think. Yeah, all that was late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that was late. But I met him in 09. He came on my show. We did an interview. He freestyled, and, and Steve was there. And, and uh, No, you met him before that. I don't remember then. We sent you music on him before that when Maybe. he was in Arizona, guy. Because I was like, we was like, you was popping right there. Yeah, I listen. You're getting old. I, I, I am getting old. <laughs> That's facts. Um, but no, but I was I was going to, yo, so a 10-year contract, that's crazy, right? Yeah, back then. When you then. think of it, right? Yeah. That's um, how it was back then. But you Still I, is. Yeah, it but should, like, let me tell you like this. It should never change. And this is the reason why. Because it's, it's one thing to be management. It's one thing to be production. If I'm your production company, you come to me as a kid and you have nothing. And I create your name. And I create you and help to create you, give you what you want. How is there a number on how long I can make money off of this? Right. Because if I don't do that. What are you going to do? Then how, what are you going to do? Right, 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 right. Because you got to remember, before Nip came to me, he had already, him and his brother had already had a deal where they had paid, uh, I can't remember to do, to distribute their music. Mm. He never did it. That came back Well, I do. On. I do think that there's a middle ground there because I always, you'll notice... Artists will pop, and the people who who made it happen for them sometimes get left behind. You know, like that well, that's, that's what I'm saying. That happened with Cardi B. You know, uh, there was a guy named Shaft who really blew her. What was going on with Meg The Stallion? Exactly right. It's like yo, you signed the paperwork, and what would have happened if these people didn't believe in you when they believed in you? You know what I'm saying? So, so I only eat for so long, and then you go on to be forever. I put in the grunt work and now now that yeah. the shit's hot. I, I mean, I, 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 I mean, it's both ways. It's, I mean, you know, like and you'll say 10 years. Well, God damn it. Like, I'm only supposed to eat for 10 years. But guess when you make it? You really, most people don't make it to after five, six years. You yeah, the first the first four or five years is, it's, is it's no run. money coming in. It's, it's all no spending. Money. It's all money it's, going out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Remember how many people was grinding before that? Mm -hmm. You know, and then, so, so example, like, just say uh, uh, nephew Vincent, nephew Vincent. When I first got with Nip, Nip was in the hood. He had already been to, uh, um, to uh, drain them. He had already been to different people. He had tried to get on. He was, they was knocking him down because his music was too violent. He was a crip, and uh, uh, um, he looked like Snoop. So that was like, oh, that ain't going to work. You do some more Snoop. And so when I come, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take him, and we're going to recook this. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So now it's the same way with everybody in this documentary. Everybody in the documentary had the same exact thing. Cooking somebody, being there, putting their money behind them, putting their name behind them, saying this is the one, and then boom. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't just get to walk through the door and say, oh, I'm here now. I'm here now. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? How many people really did that? Lil Nas X, um, Soldier Boy. A couple of people. The internet is kind of changed. I think in, the internet's the variable that's made made it possible for just some shit to go viral. And now you can't even do that now, because now there's so many people paying paying to get five million views right, on right. YouTube. You know, a lot of paying bullshit, to get yeah. this Spotify. Now you can't even paying see if TikTok is, and all that shit. You can't yeah. pay. You can't even tell if something is really organic. That's some real shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a like a lot of it is optics. It's like, yo, for somebody to be serious, let's, you know, we got to make sure the numbers on Spotify. I got to have someone Google's my shit on Spotify. It's got to be a certain number of monthly listeners. And now they give you a kit, okay? If you pay $1,500, you'll get 1,000 oh, no, million views. For sure. You get this, you get that, you get this. It's all bullshit. But, but what about me being able to say, look, kid, can you do an interview on it? 
Me being able to say, Vlad, can you do an interview on it? Me being able to say, such and such, such and such, getting, you know what I mean? Yeah. But what's the value on that? Oh, the value is on I only get to ride for so long? Mm. No, bro. Like, I don't think that's business, me, myself. So I kind of moved out of that and went to doing, I saw, so like I said, when I stopped doing Nip, I started managing Vien Reigns. I managed right. Vien Reigns and I started doing shows. So it made me open up to dealing with more artists. Now I wasn't dealing with one artist no more. I was doing shows. So I was making more money doing shows because I hadn't made not one dime with Nip. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I was I was booking shows, booking talent coming in, and I'm making fifteen, twenty thousand dollars when an artist Off of Rams. No, Veen, I was making way more money. Way more. I'm making oh, no, you're talking about, you were talking about just booking concerts. Booking concerts. Or, like putting the bread behind, right. bringing some people out, doing the promotion. Doing my own yeah, concerts, yeah. getting numbers. I might have, I might holler at Wiz, like, Wiz, what's, what's your number for booking? Yeah. And then, look, I'm going to put 10000 on it. Or what's your number for this? I'm going to put 5000 on it. And he like, okay, Uncle, if you can get my number up that high. And so what, what people didn't never understand is I never cut an artist's number. Mm. Ever. I never cut an artist's number for nothing. Only for radio shows. Because radios, you do different. Yeah, it's but different. Every artist I ever met and ever did business with me, they give me a number, and I'm tell me what their number is. I'm gonna get the deal higher than that because I know the promoters who are gonna really pay, and that's the relationship you want with Big U because I'm gonna make sure you get paid your money. Mm. When 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 the Migos came, I had the Amigos book for three shows mm -hmm. at fifteen thousand a piece. Danny Glover goes on the Grammys. And they asked him, what is he listening to? He says, I'm listening to the Amigos. Bad and bougie, yeah. Bad and bougie. Yep, it was over after that. And yep. the number went from 15000 to a hundred. Yeah, I remember. I was trying to book them at that time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm aware. But I was the only one who, who they was let booking them because mm -hmm. I had a relationship with them through Atlanta, from Atlanta. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So, and, and that's what... That's what that's what you know we do as power brokers in this in this industry. It ain't it ain't violence. It ain't you know it ain't the bullshit. But I might know the promoter you don't want to deal with. Right. I might know the promoter who who ain't gonna pay you. I might know. Look, you don't want to charge radio. You want to do this? No, you don't want to take thirty of your homeboys to this concert and backstage and y'all risk it and getting into with somebody A A E G. Right. You get into with A E G. You can't play no concerts around. Yeah, you're fucked. That's what we for, do. For sure. You know, your initial deal with Nipsey was 10 years and how sometimes artists, you know, that sounds crazy, but if you really think about the position that some the early people who get in on artists, you know, put them in, it's, it seems fair. Because like we, you were saying, the first four or five years, really ain't no money coming in, right? No money. It's all your money going out. That's what a production company is. Facts. So um, let me tell you the thing about Nipsey. What, what, what I like about Nipsey, it's not what we did to help Nipsey to start Nipsey. It's what Nipsey continued to do after we was gone. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. separates Nipsey. You know what I mean? Because we was all negative for, for a run. You know what I'm saying? But bro, he kept going. You know what I mean? I left. I I went to go do, it was Nip and Steve. If you see, I, I had left. I didn't get fired. I never got fired. I left after... Uh, my house got hit while they was on tour on the LAX tour, and I left music. And I, I talk about it in a documentary. So nobody fired me. I left my own self. And I started just doing football and managing Vane Reigns. Mm -hmm. So I was making, I was making, it was no money on the music, mm -hmm. 
But I started making then at two hundred some thousand dollars a year just managing Veen Reigns. Right. And just doing movies. And I was doing that. Doing we, shows. Doing and I started doing shows. Yeah. So I was dealing with every artist. Not just not just one artist. Right, right, right. And so I, I was successful doing that. And I continued up until the COVID to make money booking shows and, mm-hmm. and putting on concerts, doing shows. I do one concert a year for developing options for the kids. And then all throughout the year, I do other concerts for myself. So I've always made money and I made way more money than I ever did um, dealing with one artist right, right. with respect to my, my kid. And so um, that's what I've, I've, I've never had, not had a shortcoming. All my cars are paid for my house, everything. Right. You know what I mean? So, I done real well, and I've been doing well. I'm not dealing with one artist until Nip called me after he signed with Atlantic, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Uh, Unc, I signed with Atlantic." And I'm like, "Is that right?" He's like, "Bro, we finna go." And his thing was, "I mean, we got to do what uh, Kendrick and um, Top did. We got to redo. We got to do it right." And he was asking me to come back and manage it. I'm like, "Shit, man, I don't want to get back in the rigor more." You know what I'm saying? He's like, "Nah, man." And I said, "So what's the situation?" He's like, "You still got the contract." It ain't you. You gonna do what you want to do? So I'm like, it's right, really right. in your hands. Yeah, it, yeah. So, but you know, we always had that love. I always supported him in the hood. He always supported me in the hood, and uh, even after we had the conflict. And so, when when he got ready to go to New York, he he bought me a ticket. Well, he paid for me a ticket to go to New York, and the ticket was was me and Robin. The ticket was a problem with that, so we ended up paying for ourselves. We did the video in New York. We came back to do some stuff out here. And as you can see, I'm all over the um, Victory Lab. Mm-hmm. We're promoting it. And um, well, we, uh, we, uh, I was in a studio with him for four days recording, mm. just recording vocals, talking about him and how he came about first time. He wanted me to just tell him all the different yeah. stories, the stories of prison. So we did that. And if I got one I posted up when me and him was in the studio. We'd been there all night. And I did all that. Right before Victory Lap, because we was gonna drop a, he's gonna drop Victory Lap, then we was gonna come right back with a mixtape, on that, and so now you kind of narrated, yeah, yeah, I narrated the whole tape, like just telling the hood, the hood stories right. and all that coming on, and I really don't know where that is now. We did it at Paramount Studio. I ran into a kid who did the recording for us. Oh, the engineer, yeah, engineer, and he like was, what happened to all that? Yeah, yeah. Now he said he gaffed it, right, right. The, 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 the family and all that got it. So I don't know what you know what they ever do because our relationships ain't what it is. You're, um, you, you mentioned the conflict. There was a, obviously a, a, a widely known uh, incident that had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the, uh, when you guys did have your, your, your outs before everything got reconciled, what was the, uh, the root of that? We, well, I, when we first started, it goes back to our recording equipment. I had a deal with Tiny Lister. Me, Tiny Lister, and a Tiny Lister friend. He was, I can't, I don't, I don't want to, I'm so bad with names, remember his name. He, he, we did a deal that we were going to sign Nip, and he purchased the equipment for us. And we was a we was at on Sunset. We purchased we purchased the equipment, and that's where Nipsey was staying with me. Mm-hmm. Sam went to jail, and Nipsey was staying in my uh, condo in Hartheim. And we had the equipment set up there. We was recording. So this is the equipment that Nipsey had recorded on and was recording on the whole time. Right. And so once we had went our different ways, we I wanted to use the equipment when I decided to come back because it's other kid. But 
where Nipsey had the equipment was in a downtown studio, and you could only get there at night, or you couldn't go in after 10 o'clock, or they were penalized. I'm like, bro, let's just move it on 43rd, because I had a place in 43rd. Mm-hmm. And he was cool with that, but then it was conflict in the hood between him and some of the other little team. Right. And I can't go into that. I won't ever go into that. Of course, but of course. I don't know it. So, you know what I mean? If you and so then it kinda like went bad and he made a diss song. I asked him about it, came and checked him about it. We went to go pick him up. He was one hundred hood with it. Mm. Nip always been one hundred hood with for it. For sure, for sure. And then the conflict happened. Um it was some some rougher rules, rugged rules, you know what I'm saying? And we all went to jail. And that night, Nip didn't go to jail. Just me and his brother and a couple of homes went to jail. We got out that night. Nip called me. I met Nip the next night. Me, I met Nip and Sam the next night at the African restaurant on um, Fairfax. The very next night, like like after 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 whatever I had happened out, that we heard Sam about. Sam got yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam had to bail out two days later or something like that. We all met before that. We met we met that night. At, at 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 um on Fairfax the African restaurant because those used to go yeah and uh it was basically like that it was it so it was just yeah because I mean that hit like all hip hop yeah, yeah all the different which it was supposed to do and I mean and right, he right. ran with it he he like uh I'm gonna put some songs out um man go ahead do what you are gonna do wow because if it was a conflict it wouldn't have never stopped there right the you fact know what it I mean? was just like the next day you guys win the eight. Yeah, it couldn't have never been a continued conflict. Right. Like, you, how could that? We still here. Yeah. It couldn't have never been a continued conflict. Or it would have been a continued conflict. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's 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 my baby. He not even five generations under me. I'm I'm like the beginning, and Nip is a baby in, in our industry, in, in where we from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he ain't even... You know what I'm saying? Like he got to getting there as he got more popular in the world, but at that time he still was a baby. Yo, I wanted to ask you because someone like Nip, like I feel like, is you mentioned earlier, kind of the diamond in the rough, right? Yeah. Like not everybody has the the state of mind that he he had. That not at all. N- you know the way that he did everything with purpose and intention. You know, like, was he always like that? Did you kind of know that about him from, like, the whole time? I really kind of think he got that from his family. Like, his brother, um, um, they they are real driven. Like, they are real driven people. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, they move with a purpose. Right. I move with a purpose. It's very few people who move with a purpose. And he moved with a purpose. You know, and, and you can see it. You know how you go around somebody and you can see that this dude, when it's time to film, he always here. He always got the camera. 100%, yeah. He always got, you can see that. This is what he want to do. Nip didn't have no back door. He didn't have no no, um, no second plan. This was it. This music. This is what it was. And it was it. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, I'm going to go be a lawyer or a doctor if this don't work. This was it. Yo, he passed away and then you had organized or helped organize. Like it was like a, a day of unity. Mm-hmm in your neighborhood that, um, you know, I really wasn't aware of like the historical context of it. head had to break it down to me. Cause, yeah. cause you know, I'm not fully tapped in with all the politics and who's this and that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was big. And so he was kind of explaining to me, like the, I, the fact that these people and these people are together, yeah. 
was so big. Well, like, talk about that day and 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 why that was such a big deal. Shouts out, shouts out, um, um, the little home girl from the jungles. Um, You're bad with names. Let's say that just names. so so, so they don't names. get mad. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ad uh, Skip. Um, the little home girl from the jungles. She's a beautiful person. I can't say her name. I don't know why I got her name in my head. But anyway, they were the ones who orchestrated it. And even before we did the walk, we were already talking about, you know, ways to, because I do gang intervention mm. to stop the violence amongst our people. So they wanted to do the walk. And I was like, yeah, it's a good idea to do it. But when they were calling people to come and saying it was cool, most of the people were saying, hell no, we're not coming unless Big U say it's cool to come. And that's when I went on there and said, everybody's welcome to come. I was hurting at that time. You know what I mean? Of course. That was right and, after Nip had passed, man. That was, man. That was yeah, days that was, later. It was, it was days later. And I, I, was, I was hurting. And it was crazy because my whole family was hurting. My kids was hurting because they know Nipsey. They right. know Nipsey from coming to sleep at our house. He, he lived in our house on 103rd. Um, and then when he got his check, that's when he, you know he, he graduated from there, and he was like a brother. He was like a big brother to my my daughter, right, 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 and my fourteen year old. And he was a big brother to my to my son, my twenty one years in college. He posted him all the time, so it was crazy that it had happened. But the unity walk was so necessary because he had reached such a different pinnacle in LA mm -hmm. with all gangs that dudes from every set want to come pay respect. You know what I mean? And we wanted to, we wanted to facilitate that. You know what I mean? And it was so beautiful, man. And I'm so glad that I was just a part of it. And I was able to, to make that happen. Cause that was great for LA, man. That was great for our souls, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. To right. see some dudes we have been fighting with for years. Yeah, because, like, like you know, I th w w like, is it almost take an event like that to happen? Not, I'm not specifically talking about Nip's death, but something of that magnitude to happen to kind of, because, you know, it's, it's hard to tell someone to stop going to war with somebody if their uncle died or their brother died. Yeah, you know what it I mean? is, like, man, because it was a lot of backlash on our side. It was it was backlash on our side, other gang sides, you know, because dudes who still, like you said, who feel a certain way. So it was it was a call that was made, and people came, and they still had to go back and like, man, we these dudes are enemies still. So you know, and with understanding that that people lost fathers, uncles, cousins, yeah, you know, you got to respect that. But that day showed that we could find a way out, and that was our mission when we first started with Nipsey. I had to take you back to that. And the, and the reason why a lot of gangs respected him is because we made sure, I made sure we didn't diss nobody. Mm. In the beginning of his music, I went through all the videos, watched all the videos, watched all the signs on the wall. No, blah, that out. No signs dissing nobody. I made sure my homies didn't put up nothing disrespecting nobody. If you look at them videos, that was all me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, Nip grew into that. Of course. Because his first music was Rolling 60s, Bullets Ain't Got No Name, Whoop, 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 and, you know, and we cleaned all that up. You know what I mean? And the man and, is at and, peace. And, 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 and history, you know, mm -hmm. it's all history now, man. It's all history now. Yo, is it true that Debo from Friday was inspired by you? Was that character no. inspired by you? No, 
No. Okay, let me tell you how that went. Okay. This is the honest to God truth. You're going to get this here. I managed Devo. Okay, RIP to, 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 to my big brother. Yeah. I managed Devo and I managed VMware. Devo was one of the people I was managing. I've been okay. managing for years, right? So to, to, to keep it 100, Devo knew of Big U. Okay. And he knew of my reputation like everybody else did and knew of my reputation. But the character is written on one of the homies from 111. That has nothing to do with me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Whatsoever. I ain't never been in the hundreds. I ain't, you know what I mean? I, I rode a beach cruiser, but I ain't do that. Like, nigga, I want to take it on the chain. So you was riding around on the beach cruiser? Like, yeah, we all rode beach cruisers. No, but cruisers. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Were you snatching chains? Like, <laughs> no, I wasn't snatching no chains. Well, we did snatch chains. Right, right, that right, was right, an right. error, but I mean, I wasn't riding no neighborhood snatching no chains. That was kind of like some other shit. But, dog, uh, Debo. It's like folklore that that was like based on you. Maybe, maybe Debo like like knew of you and like maybe. No, he knew of me. Yeah. Like, like he knew of me. And But my, you got to understand, my reputation goes back to like 80, to like 80, 81, 82. Right. Because you you're in jail when Friday comes out. Yeah, you're when prison. Friday come out? 95. Yeah, I was gone. Yeah, I was gone. But my my my, ne- my, my name and reputation was still precedes that. Of course, that. of course, of course. You know what I mean? It precedes that. But there were a lot of big big. I mean, Devos and, and whatever. Right, you. right, right. Now, Tiny, being the actor that he was, could draw off a big U, mm. and that's what he meant. He meant that he drew from, from you. big U. To act that character. Got you. Got you. Not got that you. that character. It wasn't Devo, written after you. Yeah, not at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. Because. No, I wasn't on no bike pushing up on no nigga. <laughs> Yo, so you are one of the original Rolling 60s. Uh, what year? Like, no, I'm not original Rolling 60. You're not. Okay. So give me, give me, give me kind of like. I'm from the AG. Which is Arlington Gang, right? Yeah. Okay. So, because I saw, well, I saw in, in the documentary, because I watched the first episode. Right. You were like one of like the, like, like. Original AGs. I'm original. I'm, a, I'm off the second group of the original AGs. And then, so how, like, like, how did you get? And that's it? just a street in the '60s. Okay, so th- so it was just a, a kind of like an offshoot because uh, you in in yeah. the documentary you talk about how big the '60s, the 60s is. is. Right, it's the biggest section, and, and, right? And in all respect to my homies, the map was not drawn by me. That map is short. We go from Western to La Brea. It only showed from Arlington to La Brea. So the map on the show was a little, it only a little inaccurate. A small part, yeah, it's gotcha, totally gotcha. inaccurate. It, my hood go from Western to the waters, damn near. So, what year would 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 you say you became quote unquote Rolling Sixties? Like, what year was that? I don't have no tattoos. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? I mean, just, just just to be honest, like I always say it like this: I never became Rolling Sixties. I think Rolling Seeds became us. Well, you said it. Uh, it's, it's it's in you. It ain't on you. It's in you. It ain't on you. And I've been saying that since the beginning of time. That's why I don't have no tattoos. So I used to say that years ago. Cause like we ain't got no tattoos. Why I need them? That's some real you shit. You gonna know who I am? That's some real shit. It ain't in, it ain't it ain't it ain't on you. It's in you. So when dudes used to get tattoos, I'd be like, shit. Oh, you had to put it on you to know it was real. That's crazy. I yeah. need it. And that what's crazy too is you got you came out of jail with no tattoos. No tattoos. I'm gonna say it again. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It yep. ain't on you. Yep. It's, it's in you. you. You did. Was it true that you got like ban- like like when you had to go like move out of town in the it, like you were in Chicago? Yeah, we got kicked out. You me, got kicked out of L.A. Got kicked out of yeah. So what happened? Like, how do you get kicked out of a city? 
Well, I said something in the documentary because I couldn't say what it really was, but I just said one part of what it was. There was the robberies, but it was a lot more. You know what I mean? And so at that time, there was like either you can go to the Army or you can go to Whoop, and then it was like, no, nah, bro, I ain't doing the Army. But I didn't have a choice either. But they couldn't find me guilty of a lot of stuff I was being accused of. So they sent me to go live with my father in Chicago. Okay. So I stayed up there until I turned 18, and then I came back. So so you, because at the time you were and a minor. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're a minor, so they could kind of tell you, like, yeah, yo, yeah. these are your options. You got to go no, here. You got to do this. You got to do this. Yes. And that's what people don't understand, that when you were born in a state and you get that birth certificate, you're actually the ward of the state. You don't actually belong to your parents until they actually go to court and file to get you on at, to become your guardian. That's so crazy. Yeah, you actually belong to the state. So they got to tell you, like, hey, these are your options. You yes. can't be here no Judge more, Judge will go in front of you and tell you, we can sentence you here. That's how they're able to sentence you in court. Damn. Yeah. How did you start to get involved in coaching, like, and the football stuff? Because I feel like... For, for the people who've been paying attention to you the last decade, I feel like you're up, you know, since you've been home, I feel like you've been a pillar of the community, but specifically when it comes to coaching and, 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 and being involved in the youth football. Alan Long, man. Alan Long, a.k.a. Big Al, was the first one I coached when I came home. His father and mother always had a football program. Okay. So they always did that. And then along with my homeboys, Big DF going on, who was coaching their sons while I was in prison. And then when I came home, they um was doing it. So and my son, my sons were good athletes, really mm-hmm. good athletes, always to hear about how good they were. So when I came home, I just wanted to get in there and sit back and kind of sit in the in the cut and, and work with them. And I had started developing not well, I started Extra Fitness Fellowship Network, mm-hmm. which is the parent company of developing option, before I actually came home. And that goes to my stepfather, who's Donald Ray Evan. And he's always been conscious. He's always had me read books and all that stuff. He's been really conscious. So when I made the change and I was making the change, he just kept reinforcing me with books and helping me. And he helped me start Extra Fitness Fellowship Network while I was in prison. So then I changed the name to Develop an Option because it was some people like it. So Developing Option is not actually the nonprofit. Extra Fitness Fellowship Network is the nonprofit. We just do business as Developing Option mm. for stealing and security purposes. People gotcha, can't gotcha, steal gotcha. and do things. Yeah. So, but then it took me into to to wanting to do something for our community, man. I wanted to give back. I wanted to to really be able to see these kids make it and not have to go through what I went through because mm-hmm. I didn't have no father. Right. I ain't really had nobody who was telling us like, "Don't do this, do that." You know, you can make it. I didn't have that. You know, it was like, go hustle. Get the grind on. That's right. how the family was. I ain't have nobody saying you can make it in school. I never had that. Yeah, and you've had, like, players that you've coached, like, get drafted and, yes, and all that, man, which eight. is eight. I, well, I had eight, nine that's made it to the league that I've coached. I have um, maybe about 1,500 through college. Which is even – that's even that might even be a bigger deal. Oh, that is a bigger that's, deal. That's you know, fifteen hundred kids yeah, that's just bigger. going that to college. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got um my son, my son's like my last coach, my last class of kids is in this documentary. Mm-hmm. And it's eight of them. And uh 
four graduate this year from college, and then six graduate next year from college. Wow. Talk about that. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's mine. That's the work I got. That's the Crenshaw way. And they all went to Crenshaw High School. Believe that. Wow. Yeah. So my usually my program takes kids from my program, the Crenshaw Rams, Crenshaw Coach, and then into Crenshaw High School. And then from there, college. From there. And um, like I said, that last group, I got UCLA, Dixie State, U.S. Navy, um, Reno, Nevada, um, Georgia, um, um, Miami. And uh, I don't know, they're going to be cussed out. Yo, how did you become, you're a Vikings fan, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, I got how, the bag. But how the hell did you become a Vikings fan? I got more money out of Minnesota than I ever got in any other state. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I was seeing that, I'm like, yo, how did how did you become a Vikings fan? That's and so weird. LA didn't have no football team. Okay. Who do you go to? I went to the soda. All right. We had no football. With Rams left, Raiders coming, going. It was like shit. I went purple. Amen. And then to this day, first property I ever bought in my name, not in my name, in my, I bought it in another name, but first property I ever bought, I bought out there. First thing I ever, in like. So Minnesota is important to your story, obviously. It was important. And I ain't never been back either since they ran me out of there. That's crazy. Wait, wait. Why'd you get ran out of Minnesota? What happened? I ain't never been back since they oh, ran me fair. out of there. What if that, what if like. Hypothetically speaking, the Super Bowls in Minnesota and the Vikings happen to make it to the Super Bowl that same year, like the Bucks just did in Tampa. And I Would might you, just drive from you have another to, state. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Since yep. they don't make you show ID to, to, to nah, I never been back. You mentioned, um, you know, reading some books. What are what, what what are like three or four books that have changed your life, man? Malcolm X autobiography, um, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Visions for Black Men and um, the Browner Files by Joey Browner. Okay, I was, easy. How about this? As like a thirteen-year-old white kid, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Crazy, <laughs> made me cut my hair. I didn't even realize Malcolm so, so as a as a kid. Like I didn't, you know, I learned about Malcolm X from hip hop and shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was on some gangster shit. Like Detroit Red was like oh, yeah. that that motherfucker. You know, what I I'm didn't saying? like that movie. I didn't like the. I I, I liked the concept of the movie. I didn't see I, the movie. You didn't see the movie I just that just came book. out? Nah. With, um, mm-hmm. um, um, you talking about the one that came out on Amazon Prime? The, the Night in Miami yeah, one? One Night in Miami. I haven't seen it I yet. I kind of feel like they made my man too weak. I didn't see it. Too undecisive no. in his life. How's your relationship with Farrakhan? What? That's pops. I love Farrakhan to death. What do you think is... I feel like there's so many misconceptions about Ain't Farrakhan. no misconception. It ain't no misconception. He has done. He has done nothing but good for our people. Is no misconception. Only way you can find something wrong with him is you looking to find something wrong with him. And I won't even let nobody say it's a misconception for somebody who has all his life fought for our life. Right, 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 right. Like, if you can find something wrong with him, then you can find something wrong with our, Any, us as a people. That's fair. As black people, you got a problem with black people because he's never done nothing but fought for us, period. And when you were, you said when you were locked up, like he was like, you you would almost they like frowned upon the fact that you had a relationship with him. Yeah, no, they was trying to. Um, they sentenced me. That was one of the sentencing. One of my um, my uh, aggravating uh, aggravating circumstances mm-hmm. that um I had a relationship that I had a relationship with him. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah it was in my transcripts too. 
That's wild. But, you know, I think, though, even like my situation right now, because as this documentary go, I still hear where the feds is going to ask people, like, what can you give us on Big U? Like, what do you know about Big U? What is this? And in light of the the um, in light of what's going on in the Capitol and them rushing the Capitol, it's crazy that I still get calls from people that's in prison and saying that they come in and asking them, what can you what can you give us on Big U? Like I've been home 17, 16 years. I do gang intervention, and I have to have a relationship with gang members to do gang intervention to help your community. If I don't have a relationship with gang members, how can I call? a thousand gang members to be able to come to this Nipsey thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I am still being pursued to this day right now. I got a call not too long ago telling some of my partners saying that they was asking, what can they give them? We can help you. Like, how are you looking for something? Like, I thought the the, the fact of crime was, let's catch him doing what he's doing and not going back looking for something 30, 40 years ago because they trying to do a recall from my understanding on the hood. So I got to be scared to say if I'm even affiliated with the hood. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you got to be careful in what you say now. But this is what you're looking for. like, And you see them doing this stuff. But it goes back to what Malcolm and Martin was talking about. They kill all of our black leaders. Or they sign us in some kind of way. Why? If they feel like you got a big voice. So I guess there's a time period on how long big you last. Just would, something to come up. Would you ever become a part of the political process? I'm a part of the political process. I mean, right as far now. as like being, you know, running for any sort of official... I, I wouldn't run for no office, but I'm running for office right now. Like, just being a voice for our people, just a level voice. And, and, and like they said, like J. Edgar Hoover said, the um the fear of the white man is, is the intelligence of a black man. That shit real. Like, it's real. And, I, and I'm not capping at you. No, no, no. I, listen, bro. I'm telling you what's really going on right now today. This 100%. So, like you said. Yo, what what happened? The the capital shit was to me the biggest like example of like all of their energy should be on these on these white boys. How find, you still finding pursuing, where they at? How you still pursuing black men who ain't got no power in this like country? They literally infiltrated and can't do ju- nothing. Yeah, like we, even crazy. if we wanted to, if you organize every black man in this country, we couldn't do shit. I mean, just to be honest, we can't take over shit. We ain't gonna move on nothing. We ain't the problem in America. When do they figure that shit out? We not the problem. I don't disagree, man. Do not disagree. It's been a, it's been a crazy uh been, been a crazy last four years. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of motherfuckers have been emboldened. I, I, you know what I'm saying? If, if anything, at least it made people like. I think Trump being president, people actually like were at least brave enough to show you who they were. Right. You know what I'm saying? But just to be on another note, on the Trump note, uh, it's some dumb white people. Oh, for sure. Like for real though, bro. Like. And I don't want to disrespect nobody, but hey, I don't give. A I f- used to think, you know, coming up, it's a white world: white police, white school officers. Wh- I mean, white teachers, mm-hmm. white police, white judges, white Superman, white Wonder Woman, white everything. This, this is the world I grew up in. Right. Well, none black on TV, but Sammy Davis Jr. and he claimed to be a Jew, mm-hmm. so we ain't had shit. But black exploitation films that came out, and they was all taking cocaine, shooting, right. doing some kind of drugs, doing some gangster shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you get to think that. But when Trump came, Trump unveiled a whole different people. <laughs> like now, they always been there. Some of y'all They're called white trash. That. I mean, goddamn, I ain't going to call them trash. No, nah, I will. But I'm going to just say, I'm going to just say. There's the, white trash. The intelligence level is is, is far different than I thought. Like, oh, no, there, listen, like, man. There's a whole middle part of the America where 
these motherfuckers are real. Just they're just they're they're like truly brainwashed people. Right. I was like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then I like Trump for a different reason. What was your reason for that? Because he was him? a hustler. And, and 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 watch this. When I was gone. Trump was the hip hop being for sure. Oh he no, was a, he was doing like skits on Method Man albums and all oh, kinds yeah. of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, for everything sure. Everything was about. I read Trump book, bro. He was yeah, he was life, and he's also a life I, lifelong Democrat. His whole his whole entire life. And then he flipped the script. But you know why? Get the bag because he knew how stupid people were. These white people were. He's like, I know exactly how to get these fools. I'm gonna just shoot up this fear right into their arm. Talk about every other race. Yes. And, and, and he, I mean, it worked for, I mean, it, the jig is up, obviously, but he got him elected. Dude. To the man. highest office. Dude flipped the whole script. How you go from on yachts and snooping? And, and, and my man was a cold businessman. And he just dived in on the other shit. Oh, man. No, no, definitely, you know, I'm not even sure as a businessman he's as cold as we, I think that might be a little bit inflated as well. Nah, well, see the thing about it is Trump didn't do business to do business. Trump did Trump did business to get some money. Mm. When you when you building a business, you like me and you, you ground as your baby. You you hustling at it every single day. Trump did corporations. I told you I read his book. Trump established corporations to make two, three hundred, hundred fifty million, and then debunk the corporations once he get everybody to invest. Oh yeah, I hear what you're saying. So he wasn't in it for good business. He was no, in it for money. He was in it to get the bread. That's fair. You know what I mean? He wasn't in it to. Make RS Studios become like the biggest mm-hmm. uh, um, studio in the world. Right. Like, shit, yeah, this yeah, how can we I how get a building built out of it? Yep. Yeah, cool. yeah, we'll move on. But right now, I'm getting this back. Um, can you t- obviously you, st- you know we got OSBS who's here in the building? But talk talk about just before we wrap up, man. Like what you have going on? Obviously, I got a I got a talk show coming out like this from the podcast called Checking In. Ooh. Yes, sir. I like that. Perfect yes, name. Yes, sir. It's checking in with Big U. You dig? So there's going to be a podcast on there's the way. a podcast. It's coming right now, man. We're doing it right now. And uh, I got a distribution. So now I'm doing distribution. Okay. So Unique Entertainment is now we're a distribution company like uh, Empire, yep. um, uh, Distro Kids. So mm-hmm. kids can go upload their music. And they're not signing to us. They're just going through us as a platform to get the music out. You're helping out. them get their music get from... Get the music out, yeah. You know, and then if somebody blows, we're going to definitely want to reach out to yeah. you. You know, to get, but it's... it's um, You'll be able to sign up online. We're going to start promoting and pushing that. And um, really, I'm just looking at it like that, just doing distribution. And that's no contract. That's just, you can go in. You only, you only have to do a contract... As far as the music you're uploading, making mm-hmm. sure you ain't stole nobody's beat. Right, 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 right. Because then you nobody, guys, yeah. Yeah, nobody's signing to us unless they choose to or we listen to your music. But they'll be able to upload their music and put their videos up and the music just goes from there and they'll be able to download it. Get paid. Um, I think our payout is like in three days of whatever they make. Oh, wow. And, That's um, fast. Yeah, we're not doing we're not doing no 50-50. We, um, we, we, it's, majority of the money goes to them. And again, it's nobody signing to us. It's going to be able to load their music, get it out, and work it. Would, um, how, how like, I think with, I mean, obviously I'm sure there's already been some interest, but with this show coming out, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of interest for, like, the rights to your story, doing a movie. Like I said, where an actor plays you. Has there been any sort of discussion for some shit like that? Yeah, I had a deal actually on the table, man, with Vin Rains. About five years ago, was he gonna be, was he gonna be the one to play? 
Yeah, well, he was supposed to play me then. And uh, him and Tiny was lobbying over who was going to do it. Right. <laughs> so it was crazy. And uh, But uh, we just never pulled the trigger. Uh, my boss, my wife was dissatisfied with I like how you called your wife your boss, too, because I feel you. Yeah, my boss. She my boss, too, man. She was like, uh, nah. She's like, I don't nah. like it. Um, <laughs> she didn't like the script. Because in the script, in the script, I had to be... Like the protagonist, they wanted me to be mean towards her, mm. and they wanted to be. She was like, "You ain't never hit me," and I'm like, "Babe, but it's just it's just for like the, the movie." And she like, "I ain't scared of you. Why they got me? Why I gotta be scared?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it. It's like, not gonna come out." Listen, man, yeah. like because they how they She's like, "Shit, the I fuck you up." <laughs> yeah, and she like, she like, she like, and, and so you know the lady who wrote it, she was like, "No, we gotta want to make him be like." You know, and then he had because it shows the, the evolution. She like, well, make him be mean to somebody else. And I'm like, look, babe, it's is they telling the story. Yeah, you know what I mean. She was, she was like, hell no. Did you uh, are you are you a fan of have you have you checked out the show um, Snowfall on FX? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I didn't watch all of it. I, I mean, I dived in it because people always tell me about what you about to say. Yeah, I just didn't like. I, I I was just curious to see if like how how accurate you thought they kind of depicted that era. I don't know. I didn't even look at it to see if it was accurate. Because uh, it's a good-ass show, and uh, everyone says that it's loosely based on Freeway Ricky Ross, but I'm not that. I felt like it was based off of Bo Bennett. Okay. Um, I don't know what I seen, because from when I heard about the story, he got on in the valley. That's how Bo got on in the valley. Yeah, yeah, and he got on in the valley, yeah, the, and it came up. Freeway got on... I don't know. I think he was always in the hood, cause you know we all we all know each other. We all right. good friends. So when I heard it was a Valley story, and I seen some of it, I'm like, that's Bo. Bo went to school in the Bo. Bo lived in on, on Florence, and and he went to school in the Valley, and and, and kind of got on. And then I didn't never know Freeway, cause I thought Freeway kind of moved out here when he was kind of like sixteen or seventeen, like, and he didn't do no more. He didn't do no schooling. This kid was kind of is in the in the snowfall. Is supposed to be kind of smart, right? Yeah, he's a smart kid for sure. Yeah, that ain't Rick. Yeah, it was a, it's a great show. I just didn't know because I, I know that was kind of your era, so I didn't know that like, was my era. That's yeah. definitely my era. Definitely, yeah, it's definitely my era. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's check that shit out. But like, you gotta like really watch. Like you can't just get in and out of it. You gotta like bang out well, all three I'll seasons. I'm now I'm gonna watch the whole season because we're all on FX. Yeah, hip hop uncovered on FX. And it's eight, hey, two episodes dropping every Friday, right? Every Friday, every Friday. Total of six, so the next three Fridays. And then mm-hmm. if you got the FX app, go get that. Yeah, go get the FX. No, go get the Hulu app. Yeah. Because it's streaming It's on, on Hulu. Hulu. Yep. It's streaming on Hulu. But it's, it's airing on FX. So. Well, listen, I know you got the calls running, man. Listen, I appreciate you coming through, and thank you for the discussion, man. And, um, and Welcome go. to RS Studios. You already know. Look, and, you know, he... For whatever reason, you know, he, he happens to be fond of those initials. <laughs> Big U. Thank you, bro. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.